Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Amen. Whatever going on in your lives is working for your good. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise, everyone. That's it. Come on, that's it. Tell the Lord, thank you. Why? Because he's intentional. I may not understand, but he understands. He knows why. He knows why he's allowing me to go through what I'm going through. The Bible tells me all things what work together for what? Good. Amen. So we certainly appreciate the Lord. Amen. For that song on this morning from praise and worship. Amen. Reminding us that he is intentional. He don't do anything by happenstance. Amen. Everything that God does, it is intentional. It is with a plan. So we certainly thank God for that on this morning. We certainly thank God for my wife. Amen. Pastor Carlene. Amen. Braving her own, amen, physical condition and coming in, opening up the service for us on today. And we thank God for the miracle. Amen. That God has wrought in her body. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. We bless the Lord. You may be seated. We thank God for those of you that are online, and we want to say to you, our family, online family today, we thank God again for you being with us another Sunday morning. I'm excited because God has certainly been good to us, and God has great things in store for our lives, and uh, we always thank God for you joining in with us. I want to encourage you to call someone and let them know that our Father's house is on the air and we're looking for the lord to speak to our hearts in a mighty way on today how many of you came expecting something from the lord amen we bless god on today father we bless you we thank you god for being god and i thank you god that you haven't changed you were god from the beginning in fact you were god from before the beginning because you created the beginning so father we thank you god that your godness have never changed We bless you, God, because we can trust you because you are faithful in our lives. You brought us through so many things, God, that we didn't think we could come through. But, God, we thank you for that on today. We thank you for your presence here on today. We believe, God, that your purpose will prevail in our lives. We commit the service into your hands right now. We ask you that you would have your way. Bring subject to everything, God, in this place. And in in the sound of my voice, we bring the subject right now to your will and to your way, God. And we bless you for it. And we ask you, God, that your Holy Spirit would have his way in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and what all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. We're blessed of the Lord. Amen. To be back in the house of the Lord on this morning. And I I have a word that I want to share with you on today. Those of you that are listening, whether you're here physically or whether you're listening online or whether you're just listening at this as you brought it down from my archives or by way of YouTube, we certainly thank God for your ears on this morning. I want to share with you a word that God has placed in my heart 
and uh, um, we're trusting that the Holy Spirit would just have free course. The word of God, as we are delivering it today, is going to be coming from Ephesians, the first chapter, the 15th through the 19th verse, and also 2 Timothy, the eighth, first chapter, the 8th through the 10th verse. Ephesians 1, 15 through 19. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling what is and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power now i want to read that again because i want to make sure that we're hearing god here this is paul talking to the church of ephesus and uh, um, after his observance of the church, uh, uh, he made this declaration. He said, once again, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. I'm praying for you that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and also that the eye of your understanding will be enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power now i want us to look at that particular scripture as we go inside of the lesson on today and i want you to see the thing that was driving paul here as he dealt with the church of ephesus and if you look throughout all of paul's writings you will find this common thread that we are finding in the book of ephesus here where paul's uh, 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 heart paul's passion was inside of the people of God getting an understanding of what the will of God and the heart of God and what the calling of his, the riches of his calling is among the saints. Let's go into Timothy also. This is also a letter written by Paul to Timothy. Uh, Second Timothy, the first chapter. <clears throat> and the eighth through the tenth verse. But be thou not therefore ashamed of our testimony, of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, who had saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Now, I want to talk to us just for a few minutes on this morning from this particular subject, a call to ministry. A call to ministry. As you look at these two particular scriptures, and you will find out even as we go throughout the word of God on today, I trust that you will find out that every one of us have a call 
to ministry. And I want to encourage us on today that as we um, continue our journey on in our walk with God, that you would get an understanding and that you would embrace your calling for ministry. Uh, uh, we've got to really understand what the will and the heart of God is concerning our lives and concerning the body of Christ. Now, I would love to be able to stand here. I would love to do this. I would love to stand and I would love to just talk to you about how great God is and, and how God wants to bless you. I would love to be do that. I can, and it's not outside of order, but I would love to do that. I would love to tell you how God wants to bless our lives and how, as the scripture tells us in Psalms, God is our strength and our refuge. And all of these things, I would love to talk to us about that on this morning. But I want you to hear my heart on this morning. While God certainly want to bless our lives, God certainly want to cover us and protect us. More important than anything else, it is the will of God that we understand and embrace our calling for ministry. I believe in my heart that the call of God upon our lives is more important than the blessings that God has said he want to pour into us. Okay, now, now, now you follow me now. I, I want you to follow me uh, as we go inside of the lesson on today because uh, I've learned this, that uh, uh, many believers have spent their entire lives as believers pursuing blessings and not purpose okay not understanding that God has a calling upon your lives now we want the blessings and we want those things and it's okay because these are things that God said I want to do for you but never allow the blessings of God to take precedence over the purpose and the calling of God if you look throughout scripture now, you will always find out that, that purpose precedes blessings. When God called Abraham in the 12th chapter of Genesis and God told Abraham, said, Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your kindred, leave this place. And I want you to go into a place that I'm going to instruct you. But God told Abraham, said, look at what I want to do. I want to bless your seed. Look at, I want you to see something because God spelled out his purpose in Abraham's life before he told him about being blessed. Now that's very important in our walk with God because God wants us to understand that even though he wants to bless us, he said, now I know what you have need of even before you ask me, so I know how to bless you. I feed the, uh, 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 I take care of the lily, I feed the birds, I know how to take care of you. But he said, what I want first of all is that you embrace purpose. Because I didn't just call you to bless you, I call you to use you. Okay. So God saying here, let us understand the protocol, if I were to use that word, or the order 
that God wants us to walk inside of. The danger that we, the body of Christ, have embraced so often in our walk with God is that we are not really too caught up on purpose or the calling of God. But if you go into a church and begin to talk about blessing, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm next in line for a blessing. I'm next in line for a miracle. And that's okay because by faith, God want to bless our lives. But what I want to do, I want to do somewhat of a flip-flop on today. And I want you to get that same type of tenacity for a purpose as you have for being blessed. Because more than anything, God want to bless your lives. Look at the children of Israel. God wanted to bless their lives. God said, I'm going to cause you to go into places that you did not even uh, have anything to do with you. With I'm going to cause your lives to be blessed. I'm going to cause you to be the head and not the tail. And all of these things. Now, these were the blessings of God. The children of Israel, the Jews are still a blessed people. But I want you to understand something. Their blessing does not take precedence or priority over God's purpose for their lives. Come on. The purpose that God called for the Jews was not just for them to be blessed. God called them because God said, I want to use you as my people in the earth to show other nations who I am. And then now as a result of me being me using you, I'll bless you. Come on. So God said, now, it's time for the body of Christ to begin to focus on purpose and calling. You know what? Let me show you this. <laughs> Blessings and provisions are nothing more than passengers on the train of purpose. Okay. Bishop, Bishop explained that to me. Okay. If we were to understand God's heart, God said, I have a purpose for your lives. And God called a, a, a Joseph. God, first of all, told him about his purpose. God called Jacob. God spoke to Jacob after he left his father and mother and was on his way to his uncle. God stopped him out there in Shechem and told him, said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to all of this here. I'm going to give you. That was his purpose. I want you to see something. I want you to understand something. When God looks into our lives, God wants us to understand that there is a purpose that I have for you, that I want to use you, that I want to show forth myself through you. And he said, now, as a result of that, I will bless you, but never allow the blessings to go before the purpose. <laughs> the blessings, as I said earlier, just passengers on the train. If you get on the train of purpose, and if you ride that train, God said the blessings will overtake you. But if you jump off the train of purpose and go after the blessings, 
See, that's what has happened a lot in the body of Christ. Folk have jumped off of the plane of purpose and calling, and they are on the plane, uh, the train of blessing. I want God to bless me. God's going to bless me. And, and I want you to understand something. I'm not saying this uh, 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 to try to make you feel that God don't want to bless you. Okay, I, I want you to understand something. that's not what I'm trying to uh, uh, focus on. But I do want you to, fo want to want to get you to focus on this fact that, that God wants to use you more so than he wants to bless you. Come on. God called you to use you, not to bless you. So now when we look at this, uh, uh, it is important for us as believers to understand and embrace our calling to ministry. It's important for us to understand that. It's important for us to understand that God have a calling on our lives. I want you that are believers, you that are born again, I want you to say this, uh, God has a calling on my life. Okay, and I want you to embrace that. I want you to surrender yourself to that because now when we begin to uh, uh, embrace that, we can see what God wants to do in our lives. Let's look at this word calling. <laughs> calling is a decision made by God concerning our lives with emphasis on what he desired to do in us, with us, and through us. Okay, let me repeat that. A calling is a decision made by God, not you, not the preacher, not the clergy, but a calling is a decision made by God concerning your lives, our lives. Come on, I want you to understand that. Understand that it's a decision made by God concerning our lives. Does God have a right to make decisions concerning our lives? Okay. A calling is a decision made by God concerning our lives with emphasis. And this is important. With emphasis on what he want to do in you, with you, and through you. From the least of us to the greatest of us, God's calling on our lives is with emphasis on what he want to do in you, with you and through you, not just for you. Okay, you gotta see this. You, you, you gotta see this because now, as we begin to embrace and understand purpose, that's why I, I, I'm saying we uh, God's heart is that you understand purpose. You remember when God was when Jesus Himself was talking to the disciples and He was talking to them in the Matthew the fourth, Matthew the fifth, sixth chapter, primarily in the sixth chapter of Matthew, when He was talking to them about what God's desire for their lives were, and He went through the dialogue, said, "Take no thought for what you shall eat and what you shall drink, or wherewith you shall be clothed." You remember that particular scripture in Matthew the uh, sixth chapter, somewhere around the twenty-fourth verse on to the thirty-third verse. He began to talk to them about that, and now what he was saying to now, you know, God want to bless you. In fact, he said, God knows what you have need of even before you ask. And he didn't say don't ask. He said, God knows what you have need of even before you ask. In other words, don't make that a priority in your lives. 
But he said, now when they got him, went on down to the 33rd verse, he said, now, but what? Seek ye what first? What? The kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. Seek ye first the purpose of God, what God has for your lives and his righteousness. He said, I'll add these things unto you. I, I, I know how to add those things. He said, but what I want you to do is to seek the will and the purpose of God. That's why Paul was telling the church here in Ephesus, when I saw your love of God and your love for the saints, Paul said, I began to pray that God himself will cause you to embrace the spirit of wisdom and understanding. You got to understand God's heart. I want to say this. And I've said it before, and I'm going to keep on saying it. We have to make sure now that as we allow folk, or not allow folk, as folk come into the body of Christ, uh, we have got to make sure that we direct their affections and their attentions on purpose as opposed to blessings. Okay. Okay, because it's very easy and it's very prevalent. When folk come in, God's going to bless you. God's going to do this for you. God's going to do that for you. And while that is good, but my Bible tells me, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, if he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, then now me as one of God's leaders, my responsibility is to teach you the kingdom of God. Teach you God's heart and God's will. That's why Paul said, my prayer for you is that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you may understand what is the hope of his calling in the saints. Not your, his calling. In other words, God has a calling on your lives. And you need to understand what it is that he's looking for inside of that calling. He didn't call you to be blessed. He called you to use you. I want us to see this here. There's a calling on every one of our lives as believers. Romans, the eighth chapter, one of our scriptures that we've been using for the last several weeks, <clears throat> Romans 8, 29 and 30. The Bible says, for whom the Lord foreknew, he also did predestinate. You remember that scripture? To be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. I want you to look at that now. <clears throat> Whom he foreknow, he also predestinate, he also predestinate to be conformed into the image of his dear son. Okay, now I want you to look at that purpose. Okay. He didn't say he predestinated you that you would be blessed. He predestinated that you would be conformed into the image of his dear son. Now, I want you to look at the next verse. The 30th verse says, moreover, <laughs> putting more emphasis, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also did what? Them he also what? Called. Whom he predestinate, them he also called. When God called you into the kingdom, he called you with a predetermined plan and purpose for your lives. In other words, what that is saying is that God has a calling. God has a calling upon your lives. But I want us to look at that a little bit closer. Not only does God have a calling on your lives, there's a calling on your lives for ministry. 
this is something that has not been taught uh, uh, um, a lot, or I should say enough, in the body of Christ. <clears throat> when I say it hasn't been taught enough is that we have not really taken the time to tell the people of God that you are a minister. God has ministry. God has a calling on your life. You see, what we have done uh, uh, in the body of Christ, we have isolated ministry to the pulpit and to titles. Okay. But God said, when you came into the body, there was a calling on your lives. You remember uh, uh, 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, and the 17th verse said, Therefore, what? If any man be in Christ, what? He is a new creature. creature. All things are passed away. Behold, what? All things are become new. All things are of God who have done what? Reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ and what? And what? Have given us. What? The ministry of reconciliation. I want you to see this because now we got to understand this. When God saved us, he gave us ministry. He said, who reconciled us unto himself. Uh, and not only did he reconcile us unto himself, uh, he brought us into a right relationship with him, but he also uh, conferred upon us ministry. You don't have to wait until you get behind the pulpit to start operating in ministry. Amen. Come on. God said, when I called you, I called you inside of ministry. What do you mean? Called you inside a ministry to touch others' lives, to influence somebody else concerning the righteousness of God and the grace of God. Do you need a mic for that? Do you need a title for that? Come on. When we begin to embrace God's heart, as God has ordained for us, we embrace ministry. God said, I want you to touch others' lives. I want you to influence others' lives. I want to share something with you. Every believer have the power of influence. In fact, everybody had the power of influence, whether you're believers or not. You have the power of influence. But I want you to see something. <laughs> if I don't understand now when I come into the kingdom that it's not about me, it's not about me being blessed, but it's about purpose, then now I won't really pursue that avenue of touching others' lives. It's me, 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 me. God, help me. God, come on, I want you to see this. But God said, when I call you into the body of Christ, I called you unto ministry. Look at what Jesus told the disciples. I think it is in Rome, uh, John, the 15th chapter and the 16th verse. He said, now, you have not chosen me. What? I have what? Chosen you. And he said, I've chosen you that you will go and what? Bring forth fruit. He didn't say, I've chosen you that you will go and pick fruit. I've chosen you that you will go and bring forth fruit 
and that your fruit would remain. What are you talking about there? Bringing forth fruit. That you would be one that would bear the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, temperance, meekness. I've chosen you that as you walk in your calling as a believer, that your lives will bear fruit. And when my lives bear fruit, then I am an influence to somebody else. Because when somebody sees the love of God flowing through my lives, my life, then that has the power to impress or have a power to influence them. So God wants you to understand that when I called you, I'm going to influence you so that you can influence others. Okay. But in your influence to others, I want you to influence them inside of my will and my purpose. Come on. So you got to understand that in order to effectively do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Contrary, and I hate sometimes, I don't necessarily mean that I hate that, but um, I feel challenged at times <clears throat> because many times as God uses me, it challenges a lot of things that we have embraced over the years. And um, there are times that as God gives it to me, then I, God, you know, that's not really, you know, where. But I heard Paul said this. Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Okay. And there is a compelling in my heart to teach you the heart of God concerning your lives. And I want you to understand, if you, if you don't understand anything else, I want you to understand that God has ministry for your lives. <laughs> now, let me say this. Contrary to popular belief or Contrary to popular teachings, <laughs> ministry does not start in the pulpit or with the title. Okay. We've been trained there. We, we've been trained that ministry starts in the pulpit. You begin to minister when you, you because now then that's an accomplishment. Oh, I've arrived now. Or on the contrary, on the other side of that, uh, I don't want. That because therefore now I don't have to worry about responsibilities. If, if I don't, if I'm not in the pulpit, if I don't have title, then I could just be member number 35. Just come and be blessed. Come and hear a good word and go home. But God wants us to understand that that's the wrong connotation for ministry. Ministry is not just does not begin in the pulpit, nor does it begin with a title. In fact, real ministry starts in the pews. That's salvation. I was sharing this in Bible study uh, uh, several weeks ago, and, and uh, um, I want to emphasize this on today. If we were to do this thing right, more ministry will take place in the pews or from the pews than from the pulpit. Come on. But you got to believe that. You got to understand that. 
You got to understand. Let me, let me show you this. <clears throat> I'm pastor. Pastor Carlin is pastor. Okay. And there's a calling on our lives to pastor, nurture, and develop the people. Okay. <clears throat> if you as believers will understand that I have a ministerial calling on my lives, on my life, look at the compounding effect that you all will have as opposed to just me being one. Okay. If one could chase a thousand, two could put 10,000 to a flight. What about a congregation that understands purpose? You see, we are waiting for the pastor, the evangelist, the, the, the apostle to go out and, 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 and reap the harvest and touch folks' lives. But I need you to understand something. Until we understand that ministry starts in the pews, then we will never get to the place that we operate inside of the fullness of what God has ordained for our lives. Ministry starts in the pew. In fact, let me say this here. There's really no effective pulpit ministry without, first of all, having effective pew ministry. <laughs> I, I, I want us to see because I, I, if, if I could maybe be honest with you today, I'm trying to put a term we use in Jamaica, I put the onus on you. Okay. I want you to understand. You see, because you depend on me as pastor to come and preach a word on Sunday morning, right? And you pray, God, give him a word for us. Give him a word. Okay. And that's good. I want you to continue to pray that. But I want you to understand something, that we are all in this together. We're all in this together. Sure, I don't have a problem preaching a word. I don't have a problem having the oversight of your lives. I don't have a problem doing that. But what I want you to understand, when that word is preached, you got to grab it and you got to embrace it. And then you got to move forward inside of what God has ordained for your lives. Because if we want to touch these cities, if we want to touch folks' lives, if we want to cause the power of God to move in our family's lives, then we got to all do that together. I can't I just pick up the phone and call pastor every time I have a situation I got to realize that I also have contact with God and God works with me also come on so God is saying don't allow yourselves to embrace this mentality that ministry is isolated to the pulpit or the title <clears throat> You know what the Bible tells me? <clears throat> it tells me in Galatians, the sixth chapter, in the first verse, said, Brethren, if any man what be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourselves what lest ye also be tempted. You don't see anything in there said, now ye which are have a calling or have a title let me show you this 
it's my endeavor to be faithful in embracing my calling. I pray to God constantly, God, give me what it takes to lead your people. Give me a word. God calls me to be an example to the people. Okay. I want you to see that. But let me show you something. <clears throat> when you all come to church and you sit down in church and you look over and you see your sister, your brother depressed. I may not see that. Okay. It is left upon you now to have compassion enough in your heart to say, God, help him, help her, or show me what I need to do to touch his or her lives. It's a, God, let the pastor see. God, show the pastor. No. If God showed you, what are you going to do about it? The Bible said, ye which are spiritual, what? Restore such a one. In the spirit of meekness, you see, this is where we got to understand that we are all in this together. I cannot touch everybody's lives. Come on. I don't know everybody's circumstances or situations. But there are people that you know what's going on in their lives that I don't know. And if you now were to embrace purpose, then now, God, what it is that I can do to help them? What is it that I can do to bring them out of what, I, what they're in? You know what the next scripture inside of Galatians said? The second verse said, bear ye one another's what? Burdens. Come on. That's ministry, y'all. That, that, that's ministry. We think ministry is getting behind this pulpit and mic and then preaching a message. No, that's not necessarily ministry exclusively. Ministry is when I could touch somebody's life and cause their lives to be drawn closer to God in their walk with God. So now in the pew, if we could get ministry flowing in the pew by Sakariobosa, in the pews, let me show you something. What it would do for me is that I would come and I would give instructions, <clears throat> give directions, but a lot of the hands-on ministry, y'all got that taken care of. You know what, uh, uh, God, let me show you this, a good example of that. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, and uh, they'd gone across the Red Sea, and the Bible said Moses was there. And Moses sat down and began to minister to the needs of the people, ministering, 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 ministering. And then Jethro, his father-in-law, came to Moses and said, Moses, what is this that you're doing? He said, now you're wearing yourself out, and you're wearing the people out. Because he said, Moses, what you need to do, you need to get some folk working with you. You need to get some folk that are working with you in order to carry out this mission that God has ordained for the children. Not just for you, but for the people. God has a purpose for the people, not just for me. This is not my church. This is not Pastor Carlene's church. This is our uh, ministry that God has called to effect the city of Orangeburg and the world. And the effect is going to be done not by me preaching or Pastor Carlene preaching exclusively, but we developing and forming a body of Christ that's going to go out and touch the world. 
Come on. So God wants us to understand that there's a calling upon our lives. In that same passage, Galatians, the sixth chapter, and the tenth verse, it says this. As ye therefore have opportunity. I, I love the way Paul writes and Paul speaks. He said, as you therefore have opportunity. What did he say? Let us do good to all men. How many of you, let's, let's first of all start in the church. How many of you in the church between the opening prayer and the benediction how many of you can see opportunities that you can touch somebody's life? Come on. Or do we, child, I ain't going to mess with her. She, she looked like she's upset today. So, you know, come on. What if she is? What if she is? She's a little off today. So, you know, you know, what if she or he is? The Bible said, as you therefore have opportunity. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. Do we care enough about each other? And I'm not reaching the world. Let's start here. Do we care enough about each other? That if we see or feel somebody off course, Maybe we don't have the opportunity to go to them physically, but we'll stop and pray. God, do something in our lives. God, touch her. God, lift her. Lift her spirit. Come on. I want us to understand ministry. Our ministry has got to leave this pulpit and go out there. We shouldn't wait until we get in the pulpit or get a title to start caring about folk. Some of folk that, oh, when I get that title, then I'm going to start caring. Oh, God. Come on. Can I share something with you? One of the reasons why I want us to understand the universality of ministry for the believer is because of this one fact that Jesus lives in you. Okay. How many will lift your hand and say, Jesus lives in me? But I want you to understand something. Jesus didn't change his attitude when he got in you. You may have suppressed him, but Jesus still care about folk now. He's still loved and concerned about folk. But if all I'm concerned about me, myself, and I, when I'm going to get my next blessing, when I'm going to get my next miracle, God, how are you going to bless me on the job? God, how are you going to protect me from this one? God, how are you going to everything? Me, 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 me. Listen, I want you to understand something. If that's all I'm focused on, then I don't give myself time to submit to the heart of God that is in me. Jesus ministered folk even when he did not have what, he, what was essential as it were for him. The Bible said he didn't have no way to lay his head 
But he didn't go around, okay, now let me go find a, a real estate agent because I need to find me. I can't, I can't, pre I can't go over there this week because I, I need to find some place where I can live. I, I, I got to, come on, come on, come on, come on, y'all. And he lives in you. He still have that same heart and that same desire. Remember Jesus said, I think it is in the 20th chapter of John. The 20th chapter of John. Uh, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, as the father had what sent me, what so send I you. The Father sent me with a mission to represent him. He sent me a mission to care for folk. He sent me with a mission to love and reach and touch folks' lives. He said, now, as he sent me, so send I you. Now, I want you to understand now, that wasn't just to the clergy. That was a word to the body. Go with that same passion and compassion. I want to throw this out now. I want to close because there's some other things that I want to do, but I want to throw this out. Every calling to ministry as a purpose. Every calling has a purpose. It also has a qualification and it also has an operation. I want you to look at this. <clears throat> Every calling has a purpose. God does not call anybody without a purpose. When God calls Samuel at a young tender age, God had purpose for him of making him a prophet to the nation. When God called uh, uh, Samson, he told us now, this man is going to be used to be a mighty warrior among the Israelites. I want you to see something. Every calling of God has purpose. As believers, when you were saved, as we said earlier, the calling of God was upon your lives. The salvation experience only activated that calling. And that calling has purpose. What do you mean, Bishop? That I go to the pulpit? No, not necessarily. Some of you may never get behind this pulpit. And that's fine. But some of you may operate in more ministry than I ever will. Let's change our mentality in thinking that this is the place for ministry. My Bible tells me in Matthew, the fifth chapter, and the 14th verse says, Ye are the light of the world. I want you to listen. He's talking about those that are saved, not the pulpit. Ye are the light of the world. This is what it said. 
No man lights a candle and sets it under a bushel or under a table. But he has purpose for it. If I light a candle, I have purpose for that. And he's styling us, the body of Christ, now as that candle. He said, I lit you up. You see it in uh, uh, Isaiah the 60th chapter. said, Arise and shine, for thy light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. He said, Now ye are light of the world. He said, Now, the 16th verse said, Therefore what? Let your light so shine before men. How many would acknowledge the fact that you have a light or that you are light? How many would lift? I want to see you lift your hands. You do God a disservice to take that light and hide it under a bushel. Let me, let me, let me go and go take care of this over here first, and, and then I, and I get finished. I'll, then I'll. No, He said, "Let your light so shine before men." That's a call to ministry. That's purpose. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and the twentieth verse says, "What ye are." ambassadors that this was all he was saying inside of that whole salvation experience therefore if any man be in Christ he's a new creature talking about the salvation experience and then he got to the 20th verse he said now for ye you have been just born again you are now assigned to be ambassadors for Christ what is an ambassador? An ambassador is one that represents the cause of another. If I am an ambassador to Jamaica, and I'm a U.S. ambassador to Jamaica, I'm not going over there with my agenda. I'm going over there to now present to that nation and those that are around the heart of the U.S. He said, that's purpose. Come on, I, I needed to understand something. Not only calling comes with purpose, calling comes with qualification. Now, I want us to look at this because there's some trickiness inside of that that the devil will try to use to trip you up. The reason why I'm not doing any ministry because I'm not qualified. Okay, okay. The salvation experience itself qualifies you for ministry. But then I need you to understand something. Qualification is an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing thing in the lives of a believer. The Bible says in Psalms, say what let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. I'm qualified with God saved me to now let the world know that God can save a wretch like me. If he can save me, he can save you. Come on. But I also need you to understand that that qualification is continual. The Bible tells me in John the 15th chapter and the first verse it says now, he said, if you First of all, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remember that, you know, passage? He said, now, every branch in me that beareth fruit. Okay, I need you to see. Every branch in me that beareth fruit, what? He purges it 
Why? That it would bring forth more fruit. In other words, he said, now, you're doing good. You, you, you're operating, but don't, under, don't, don't fool yourself now. I'm still going to work on you because there are some other things, greater things that I have in store for you. Look at the Bible in uh, Ephesians, one of our favorite scriptures. And I got to close. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the Bible said, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? Why? Why am I in your lives? For the perfecting of the saints. That word perfecting is a continual working in your lives to bring you in alignment with the will and the purpose of God. Okay, now, he said for the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. Come on. The work of the ministry. God want to continue to work in our lives and we have to continue to avail ourselves to God. You don't know how God want to use you tomorrow. You don't know what degree God want to use you next week or next month. But as you avail yourselves to God, God is constantly working on you and developing you and equipping you and training you so that you can become a more effective minister. And then finally, every calling has an operation. You don't start with the call. Oh, the call of God is on my life. Oh, God is working on me. There must be an operation. The work must be done. God don't just call you so he can work on you. You, you know how some folk, you know, they are, they are uh, um, lifetime students. They go to school, go to school, go to school. When are you going to stop and get out in the workforce? There's an operation. You got to get out there and begin to work. If I want to use what God has already given me, then I need to get out there and work. I got to get, the Bible said, whatever your hand finds to do, what? Do it with all your might. Don't fool yourselves. I don't have to be behind the pulpit to work ministry. If I'm standing at the door and ushering, then that's ministry. If I'm working in the media ministry, that's ministry. Whatever you find to do with your hands, do it with all your might and do it as unto the Lord. This is ministry. We're all working together to, fill the, to fulfill the purpose and the plan of God. There must be an operation. Oh, I can't do nothing because I, 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 don't, I don't have no title. They didn't give me no title, so I can't do nothing. No, no, no. Whatever you see to do, do it. Come on, do it. You remember? Jesus told the story of a gentleman that was leaving Jerusalem and on the road to Jericho. And the Bible said while he was on the road, some thieves accosted him, beat him up, took his money, and left him there for dead. Okay? The Bible says while he laid there, dying as it were, Bible said a priest came along a calling a title 
came along. And the Bible said he walked to the other side. Then it went on to say a Levite came, saw him, walked to the other side. But he said, this Samaritan, answer no title. You didn't say he was the pastor of the Samaritan church. He said, this Samaritan came and saw him and was moved with compassion and took him up and bounded up his wounds and, and, and sort of helped revive him and then took him on his beast and took him into the town and took him to someone and said, now take care of him. Make sure you, you bring him back to good health. I've got to go, but working on him, bring back, and, 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 if there, and, and, and he gave him money to do that with. He said, now, if there is anything else that's going to cost me, and I come back through, I'll take care of it. He wasn't one that was preaching about his calling, but he was the one that was doing ministry is what we do not necessarily what we say come on if you see a need ask God to give you the wisdom and the wherewithal to attend to it we're in this together the Bible said we are all workers together in the body of Christ stand to your feet I'm I want you to understand that all of us have a call to ministry and it's not just isolated to age either you could be as young as Jimmy Che there's still a calling on your lives. Let me show you, because the devil, the devil uses young men just like that. And the devil can use them, why can't God use them? Come on. We need to teach our children that there's a calling on their lives. Ariana, there's a calling on your life. There's a call of God on your life. Don't just go there and conform to the environment that you're thrown in. We're not called to conform to the environment. We're called to change and affect the environment. Hallelujah. How many of you will say that I want to answer the call that God has upon my life? How many say I want to answer that? Let me see your hands if that's your desire. Hallelujah, Jesus. <clears throat> Father, we thank you today. We bless you. That God, you just didn't call us and placed us in ministries so that we could be member number five, member number 25, member number 75, but you called us with purpose. God, there's significance in every one of our lives. 
And God, right now, more than ever before, God, we want to embrace that calling. Father, forgive us, Lord, for putting the blessing and the provisions before the calling. But right now, God, we, God, surrender to the calling that you have on our lives. We understand, God, that we're all in this together. That you want to use your body. The toe is no greater than the hand or the eye, or the eye is no greater than the toe. Everyone has significance and purpose. I pray now, Father, by Jesus Christ, that there will be a release of your spirit in every life, those even that are online, those that are listening, there will be a release of your spirit in our lives. God, that we will begin to understand and embrace our calling to ministry. You want us to change the world. You want to use us to change the world. So, Father, right now, Lord, we surrender to your will and to your way. I want you to lift your hand and say, Lord, I surrender to your will and to your way right now. Strengthen us with might by your spirit so that we will go forth, Lord, as a mighty army doing your will and your purpose. And Father, if there's any among us that's not saved, if there's any on the call that are not saved, I pray, God, right now that you would save them. If you're on the call and you're not saved and you want to be saved, I want you to ask God to save you right now. If you're in the building and you want to be saved, you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I want you to ask him to come into your life right now. Right now. God, in the name of Jesus, do it for your glory. Do it for your glory, God. Build your army and let every one of us be a part of that mighty army that you're building. We thank you for our God. We thank you for our God. Was in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen and amen. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.